Tech Sags Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Let's go to the hotline and talk with a young man that I, I think he's had a rough few months. That's what I'm saying. Like, he gets injured, he you know, doesn't feel good, but he's got a big old smile on his face right now, Brandon Leone. Brandon, what's up, man? What's up, Nuno? Good to see you. Thanks for the grace last week, man. Of course, man. How you feel? So much better. Yeah. yeah we my my it has been a rough few months, man. My we had our third baby on July sixth. Coming out of the hospital, my wife had a strep, oh, um, wow. a thing called thresh. Uh, she had an ear infection and a sinus infection. So she was sick the first two weeks we were home. Then right after she got better, my son got COVID. And then right after my son got better, I got COVID last week and it was tough. So uh was laid up pretty good Thursday and Friday in a little fetal position you know, oh, is that right? her to take care of me. Oh man. I was the first two times I had it, it was nothing this time. It, it absolutely feasted on me too. I was like, this is it. I like, was, this is how I, this is how I go out. I was thinking about like, I, I remember the, when I got COVID back in, I guess it was 2020, like that took me out, but I hadn't had anything yeah. since. So I'm like, oh, I beat it. And, uh, it's still there, huh? It's still there, bro. I guess it's ramping back up, but it, again, it's not anything like what it was, you know, but we're feeling better. Uh, everybody's happy and healthy this week, and we're ready for the first full week of school for baby girl and getting back to a rhythm at work. So well, con- all is well, man. Congratulations on the newborn, by the way. That's uh, that's wonderful news. I, I should have reached out to you earlier. Uh, that's awesome news. Oh, stop. Don't worry about that. Thank you, Nuno. Hey, um, let's talk excitement level. Like, where are you with the season right around the corner? Everybody thinks their team's going to be great. I have some pretty high expectations. Where are you when it comes to this team? Uh, yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, I, um, I, from all the little bit, I, I mean, literally I just started tuning in a little bit as fall camp started up. I think the first thing that I really watched was Petrino's, uh, full press conference just cause I kind of wanted to get a feel for, for him. And, uh, I thought he did a great job. It, it made me really excited. It also made me excited to hear the players, uh, speak of and how you and, um, OB and Billy, just covering practice here and how he's been working a lot with the quarterbacks. And so it seems like, you know, all these questions and every everything that everybody had over the summer is, is he going to be able to do his thing? It seems like what he was brought here to do, he's going to be able to do. And so that, that gives me optimism. Um, I think the returning production and talent on both sides of the ball in the two deep gives me reason for optimism. Uh, and then there's same thing kind of really, there's, I think the question marks at linebacker and depth and experience, uh, have me a little nervous to see what's up with corner. Uh, but other than that, man, uh, and then O-line, obviously, I think is, is always the question mark for me each year. But I'm excited, man. I, I really am. I, I've been so busy at work. I haven't been as dialed in probably as usual, but I'm I'm getting there now. It's, we're we're close. I mean, it's it's right around the corner. Do you remember one of your years at A&M where the offensive line struggled and then there was a huge jump the next year with not that many changes in personnel? Did that ever happen while you were here? Yeah, um, I would say my senior year, 06, when we lost those three games by like a total of six points in a matter of like a total of 40 seconds. We went to the Holiday Bowl that year. Um, we, we returned to almost all the same guys. And the year before, we didn't even make a bowl game. And so, um, you know, it, it can happen. I think when you have a lot of l- real young talent, um, you know, sometimes they just gel. Sometimes the, the the amount of times they're in the battle together, the amount of times they adjust to blitzes, the amount of film they watch, multiple off seasons together. I think, um, and and honestly, there's probably more top end talent just based on recruiting 
now than, than there was when I was there. But we, we did have some really talented guys. Uh, don't not to take away from them for sure. But man, I, I just think that, that everything is there in order for them to be able to put a productive offense on the field. I mean, it, it should, it's time. Brandon, so what questions has A&M answered for you in particular? Like, are there questions that this offseason and you're like, you know what, I had these questions coming into it, but I feel better now after reading or knowing this has happened? Yeah, the first one I just talked about, I think, with Petrino. Now, granted, there's not been a real game yet, but just, you know, based on what you see, what you hear, hearing the players speak that way, you know, shows you that that's what's happening. I mean, there's no such thing as – players being coached to what to say in college interviews. I mean, they just say what they say, you know? And so uh, when these kids come in there, a lot of them, maybe it's their first couple interviews, they're just raw. And so for them to be speaking like, Hey, Jimbo, or, you know, Bobby's been in there with the quarterbacks the most, he's been, you know, people have been saying that at practice. So I think that excites me. Again, this is not a, a negative thing towards Jimbo. I think this was just the next step. I think everybody wanted to see uh, in order for this thing to take the next step. And so, I'm really excited to see what this program can do when Jimbo can kind of zoom out a little bit, focus on everything else, and let someone come in that's a proven uh, qualified play caller. So I think that's a question that's, that's at least up to this point been answered. Um, I think the wide receiver room, I think they did a really good job addressing that. I think that's by far our most talented unit and in today's day and age and the way the game is now and with who our OC is, that's exciting. And then I think quarterback, I think you've got to feel confident whichever direction they go uh, between Connor and Max. I think you're going to have someone that's that's going to be good enough um, to go and win a lot of football games. So um, it's going to be like Petrino said, who who makes the guys better around them, who proves to be the better leader and really who can kind of change the game. I mean, it all it all goes back to the, the play of the quarterback. And I mean, you look at our best seasons probably since we've been in the sec and and the 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 seasons that stand out had really good quarterback play and um you know obviously johnny being the best uh, was our best quarterback we've had and so i don't think that's any surprise talking to brandon leone here texas radio presented by david gardner's jewelers rollo insurance studio all right so what questions does a&m still have to answer for you though like so they've answered some but there's others i need to see this or that can they get pressure on the quarterback consistently uh, with this with this new defense? Um, can they stop the run, you know, in the SEC consistently? And so I think those two things are critical. And then really, do we have guys that can go be on an island and, and cover receivers for three to four seconds, you know, so consistently? And again, that's the same questions everybody's trying to answer. But for me, based on what happened to us last year, you know, when you go Ole Miss and you give up, what was it? I mean, you're the stat king. Was it? Wasn't it over 300 yards? 390 rushing? yards rushing. Yeah, it was insanity. I remember just how sad we were uh, after that game. But I think that's it. Is can you stop the run, man? Can you get physical enough? Can these linebackers fill their gaps? Because I know what we got up front is good enough. And so, um, yeah, it's it can Durkin and this defense slow down a powerful SEC team that just decides to impose their will on you. Uh, can you not let things like App State happen to you again? You know, those are some of the questions. And then uh, the other one is the is the running back room. Who's gonna Who's gonna end up being the main guy? I think it's gonna be a committee ish this year, but someone's got to separate themselves and be the guy that Petrino can trust. You know, seventy five seventy percent of the time, I think you need you need someone to take that spot. 
Brandon, I'm hearing you speak about some of the questions you have, and I'm like, man, that sounds very similar to the thoughts I had the other day. I did a whole segment on uh, questions, and the way I entered the conversation was, yeah, of course we all have some questions about the offense, but I feel really good about the offense because of the necessary changes. There weren't as many changes on defense. I'm just expecting for uh, for a health and growth. Mm-hmm. Most of my questions were on the defensive side, even though the defense was in better shape than the offense was other than the rushing and getting to the quarterback. No question. I mean, look, at the end of the day, we, we talked about this last year. The offense had its faults, and there were d- days and games when it just was non-existent. But um, the days that it seemed like it was existent, the defense just got gutted. And that's kind of been the tale of time with, with A&M, right, is can we get both units on the same page for 12 games to put together a good season? It's like we'll go – score 40 points, but then we'll give up 45. You know, we'll go, you know, hold a team to 10 points, but then we only score seven. You know, it's like, and so can we, as a unit, you know, as a team, can we build off of each other's good drives uh, and and have the mental toughness as a team to recover from the bad ones? You know, if the offense has a three and out and the defense gives up a score right back, can the offense go respond? You know, can they stop momentum, stop the bleeding, get back in the game, slow down, uh, been watching that uh, quarterback documentary yeah. actually with with Carly Joe at night, and it's been really cool to see. You know, he's kind of corny, but you just can't help but respect and like Kirk Cousins. I think just his toughness and the way that he has kind of weathered those storms. I haven't finished it. I don't even know how the Vikings finished last year. I don't really follow pro anymore, but you know, to see him lead them to eight and one, to go into Buffalo and be down and and just respond and just, he was the most hit quarterback in the league, but he just, they always found a way to answer. Uh, and then when he, when he did, he was like, man, I gave it all I had. And it seemed like they were about to lose the defense steps up and gets a pick to win the game in Buffalo. And so can our team, you know, come together, build off of each other and be consistent enough to utilize this talent that, that Jimbo and this staff has brought in. Cause there's talent on this team. Uh, we all know it. Brandon, speaking of that quarterback show, what I, what I think I like about it is, I'm invested in these players now. Like I like Kirk Cousins. 100%. I, I didn't like dislike him before, but I didn't. You know, he's whatever. Uh, Marcus yeah. Mariota. There's a likability there, and and I'll be very honest with you. Like when you look at Patrick Mahomes, you know he's kind of dorky too at times, but he came across really likable, and I love the way he goes about his work. That show that mm-hmm. it, it kind of reminds me of what Hard Knocks has been able to do, what those mm-hmm. HBO boxing series would have you like believe. Like once you know their story, they become a lot more likable. Yeah. Well, and it becomes, I think you, you get to be, I think the reason that those shows are successful and the reason I like them is you get to almost experience what they experience. Yeah. Like, did you know that, you know, most people watch an NFL game and they think guys just show up and get out there and go play. Well, Kirk Cousins has a body coach, you know, coming over and working his muscles out all week long. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has hired a guy, you know, to come and specifically train him a certain way and then finding out about his spine and his mobility and like the fact that he can swing as fast this way, 3% away. I mean, like you could see, it makes sense why he can do all the unique things that Marcus Mariota has a chef because he's not disciplined. And you know, that's my story. If I was rich, I'd have a chef and right. I'd probably look like you. <laughs> and oh, so buddy. It's, it's, you get to, you get to know. And that, that's why I like the show that uh, A&M does. That's why I love, uh, what is our show called? I can't believe it's blowing my What's our show that AM does during the year? Nick. The Pulse. The Pulse. Thank you. Yeah. The Pulse is fun. You the know, Pulse you is feel a like great watch. In? It's a great watch. They do a phenomenal job. You feel like you're in there with the team. So yeah, that's that's why I like those shows. But yeah. You know, defense. 
every once in a while, either Olin, Billy, myself, they'll, they'll do a little pan into the press conference. Every once in a while, they're like, oh, oh yeah. a little Tex-Ags love there. There's the kid. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Tex-Ags love, y'all got a lot of love on the old documentary. That was cool to wasn't see. That, wasn't that great that to see? Uh, that was. It, it was. It was at the very end. If you, well, obviously, Billy was all over it. He was, I would say, the co-main star of it. But uh, at mm-hmm. the very end, they, they gave a little shout-out to, to Tex-Ags, which was great. What would you think of it, by the way? I loved it, man. It was it was raw. I, I appreciated, you know, the one thing that I appreciate from people the most is just when they could just be authentically themselves and, you know, to say what you want to say about Johnny, he is who he is, you know, and he, he's unashamedly himself. Uh, I'm so thankful, uh, genuinely, as a human being, as an Aggie, as, as a friend, that, that Johnny is okay, that he's doing well. Uh, you know, I lost my mom to substance abuse. Uh, she was bipolar. Uh, I've seen that struggle and, and the toll that it takes, and that was just my mom, a single mom. This was not a woman that was the most popular person on the planet with pressure coming and money coming from everywhere. And so I, I genuinely cannot imagine, you know, what he went through. You know, it's easy to sit back and say, oh, he had all the things he wanted. Well, there's a quote that stands out on there. If you paid attention to it, I stopped it and showed it to my daughter. When I had every single thing that I wanted, it was the most empty that I ever was. Mm-hmm. And so more often than not, we we believe that these things we put in front of ourselves are going to satisfy us and fulfill us. And you get them and you realize for what, you know, and now that's not always the case. But sometimes we settle for things uh, that, that aren't really meant to fulfill us. So I think it's really cool to see uh, Johnny in a better place. It seems like he's in a really good headspace as, as a young man. And uh, I, as Aggies, how can you not be happy that he's that he's here and that he's doing well? Right. You mentioned that. And I. This is going to be a terrible comparison, but follow me here. Yesterday, I had a day of soccer in the morning, right? Then my wife wanted to take the kids in Houston school shopping, which to me, I'd rather watch paint dry than do that, right? Uh, Correct. So like, and of course, whatever she says, I love her. Hey, babe, love you. Whatever she says, add two hours to that time. We'll be done by 1.30. It'll be be quick. 3.30, still in there. And I didn't complain. Um, I wanted to, but I didn't. And you know what? I was happy. Like, we're all together. We're like, even though it was nothing that I wanted to do, we were all together. Like, you, and I think that that statement that you, you pointed out about Johnny is the truth. When, you know, it's not about the, the success that makes you happy. Sure, there's some happiness in there, but it's what makes yeah. you whole. And, and, and for Johnny, I, don't, I hope he finds that. Yeah, 100%, man. I, I hope so, too. I, I, it, what it did, the, the feelings that it brought to me was that was maybe the most nostalgic thing I've watched in a long time. Yeah. Uh, that was such a fun year uh, for anybody that was an Aggie. It was just such a good time. And, and not only him, man, like all those guys like Swope and Sean Porter and, you know, Mike Evans and some of these guys are such great guys. Just seeing that success that they all had together was it was a blast, man. That was a fun. We hope we can recreate it, man. I, that's what gets me excited is to get back to that place because you could see. Aggies just went nuts. Yeah, I mean, feed, feed. Petrino talks about feed the studs. That's how I feel about our fans, man. Like, give us wins, bro. Feed the we fans. Will go crazy. <laughs> feed the fans. We will. We will go crazy. We will fill that stadium up and tailgate for weeks. So, hey, but yeah, you, you hit it, on a, exciting. You hit on a true point, though. Like in a world of sports where I don't think there's still the same passion that there was maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago. There is absolutely that passion in this community. This is still like social media doesn't get in the way. Being able to stream stuff doesn't get in the way. Uh, Caulfield is rocking, and when it's rocking, it's, there's no place like it. There's not. There's not. There's 
And I've played in a lot of them. You know, obviously I wasn't in the SEC, but I've played in some of the best stadiums in the country, some pro stadiums, the original Cotton Bowl. When it's popping, there's nothing like the 12th man at Caulfield. It's just, it's, it's, you cannot recreate it. It's just not possible. It's so special. Brandon, let's navigate through the season. When, when do you think we'll know who A&M really is? And I, and I'm, I guess I'll preface it like this. 2020, we didn't know who A&M was after Vandy, even though they started against Vandy. We really didn't know after Alabama. It, it took some time to be like, oh, this is who we are. Uh, and I'm not saying it takes a loss, a punch in the throat. But at what point, when you look at that schedule, like, all right, this is the team that A&M is going to be this year. And by the way, teams can evolve as the season goes on. There's no finals. But like, what, what we expect from them, when do you think, ah, it's match what we expect? I think after I was, I think you and I talked about this briefly earlier this year, and I think I said Auburn, um, just because of Hugh Freeze and you know all that the the way that game went last year and and uh, but I think now it's after Arkansas. Yeah. You know, you got to test and you got to test in Miami uh, that second week of the year, which I'm going to that. By the way, are you going to Miami? You asking mm-hmm. me, Mister Miami? Am I going to Miami? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to I'm going to Miami a day early, bro. Oh, correct. I'll be there Thursday, so we need to. Connect. Oh, we are partying till 10 p.m. in Miami. We're doing it. That's it. Oh, bro, if we make it to 10:15, it's a crazy night. Oh, um, actually, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I it'll think... be 11:15, Brandon, because it's Eastern, so we, we're good. That's true. We'll be tired. I'll need a coffee then. <laughs> um, yeah. So Miami, I think, is going to be a, a good test, but it's second week. You know, it's first road game. Um, you're still you're still trying to figure a lot of things out. Auburn is first conference test, and then Arkansas is another neutral. And I think by that time you'll have three, you know, Power Five games, two conference games. I think we'll really know. Probably have a couple of injuries in there, you know, see how we adjust, some, see some depth come up, and how they do. But I think by the time Alabama arrives, it will know. Do we have a shot for real? Like if we're five and zero, oh, and like okay, and then maybe Alabama proves to us we still didn't know. But I think I will feel confident by the time Alabama's here how the season's going to play out, genuinely. Because you, that's three pretty good tests. Do uh, you have to be Alabama. undefeated at that point to feel good? For me, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the way the rest of the season's going to go. Because then after that, you go Tennessee, South Carolina, and Ole Miss. You know, if you're 4-1 and one going into Bama. You know, I don't know. I, I feel like you got to get to the point where you beat the Auburn, you beat the Arkansas, you know, you beat the Miamis. I mean, if you want, this is this is team. This team is expected to win. Jimbo was brought here not to go eight and four. Jimbo was brought here to go eleven and one, ten and two, twelve and zero. So I think the time is now, man. Well, if honestly, you, Brandon, look, I, I, of course, I want to beat the Tennessees and the Alabamas, and you know, we'll see if they're expected to win those games as we get closer to that. But if you just win the games you're supposed to. And I think you're supposed to win at least nine of them, right? Like the, the games yeah. that you're supposed to win, you you sweep that uh, Mississippi series. You you take care of Auburn on a, a year where they have transition. Yeah, you've beaten KJ before. Let's do it again, right? Like if yep. you can take care of the games that you're supposed to win, I'm going to feel really good about the year. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, we had a tough year last year. I think it's just uh, people are getting impatient. Which is which is a normal thing in today's world in sports, you know. But what are we? I'm, I could be crazy here. Is this six? Is this year six or year seven? We're entering year six. Entering year six. Yeah, man. I mean, it's to me. I think it's time to to you know 
pay the piper, man. It's time to go and produce. You know, it's you return the most production in the SEC. You have a super talented uh, two deep. Uh, credit to Jimbo and the staff. I think they did a great job uh, navigating the portal. You know, when it was all said and done, I, th- I really think they brought in some great additions. So, I mean, there's talent there. There's experience there. The coaching staff has remained, you know, the same, obviously, minus a couple things uh, that, that happened that were very unfortunate. But I think that, um, I don't know, I agree with you. You know how when the the season begins, typically coaches come in there and there's like this thing where you can color. It's like, all right, you know, protect Caulfield, um, you know, win on the road. Like the thing to me, especially since we've been in the SEC, that drives me crazy. You said it. Beat the Mississippi schools. Like that should be on the lowest part of it, but that should be a, a litmus test every year. How are we going to be? We need to beat the Mississippi schools. Like we we should be to a point at, as a program that we can beat the Mississippi schools. And then after that, right, it's, you know, beat the Alabama schools, you yeah. know, and then it's protect Kyle Field. Don't lose a game at home. And then it's win every game on the road. Then it's win the SC, You know, build that. I think that your foundation's got to be win every non-conference game, beat the Mississippi schools, and then build from there. Brandon, I got one last one for you. We're going long, but I got one more for you. Since you've played the position before, um, what kind of packages do you see Petrina, who we've seen Anias in different roles before, but what, what, how do you think that he's going to use Anias this year? Yeah, you know, that's what's exciting to see is, is Petrino's, you know, kind of grew up West Coast offense, you know, but he's, he's kind of adapted over time, depending upon, too, who his quarterback was. You know, if you go back and watch Arkansas, you go back and watch Louisville. He's always done a really good job with RPOs, making it easy on the quarterback. But, I mean, his thing, the feed the studs, that's a great question because I love Anias. Anias has done nothing but prove himself right uh, as a talented player. He's made great plays for us. But you start to look at the receiver unit, and it's like, okay, yeah, I want to feed Anias, but I also want to feed Evan Stewart. I also want to feed Moose Muhammad. I also want to feed Noah Thomas. And so I think with the questions at running back, I think you could see some old school kind of Percy Harvin type stuff, right? Line him up out at the slot, motion him into the backfield, you know, do some RPOs, play action where he's coming up out of the backfield, doing a wheel, getting out into the flat. I love that he goes against the grain a lot with his players. Like he'll roll this way and have slants. He tries to get people in open field to create plays. And so whatever he does, whether it's at the slot outside in the backfield as an H back, just get a nice and open space and let him work. You know, I think, and Petrino knows way better than me how to do that. And and hopefully he can create some systems uh, and some plays. Like he said, I've never just called a play because I like to play. I called a play to get the ball in the hands of my guys. And so Anais is a guy that he deserves his fair share of touches, and I'm excited to see how he does it. Post-game wrap real soon, brother. You ready? Let's, I'm so ready. I'm excited. All right, man. I appreciate your time. We'll do it in Miami. We'll do it here at Kyle Field. We'll do it big. All right, thanks for your time. All right, see you guys. Ray Leone here on the hotline. Let's hit a break. We'll come back with around Aggieland, moving it up a bit early because Tom Hart's going to join us at 945. Right now, we're talking about the Charge Apparel, Aggie-owned, purpose-driven apparel brand. The clothes are awesome. If you haven't checked them out, you, you should. Like the polos, they fit so nice. Uh, premier fabric, lightweight, slightly tailored fit to uh, fit you perfectly through the chest and the arms designed to make you look and feel your, bre- uh, your 
Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Your best out there. Uh, the Charger Apparel, a Texas-based company that operates out of Austin. Although they're behind enemy lines, they're so maroon, and you just got to go check them out. College Station, both owners, graduated from A&M in 2014. Uh, upon graduating from A&M, Tucker was commissioned to the U.S. Army. Travis commissioned into the Air Force. After uh, separating from the military, they formed the Charge Apparel as a way to continue to serve our country through veteran nonprofits that they support. And uh, the 12% of the total sales, not just for profits, are donated to veteran nonprofit partners with a focus on mental health initiatives. A note to the 12th man, the Charge Apparel stands in support of our servicemen and women by donating 12% of their total sales to organizations that support U.S. veterans and men- mental health initiatives. It is the Charge Apparel. Check them out at thechargeapparel.com or find them on Instagram, the Charge Apparel, or on Twitter, the Charge Brand. And we're back. Texas Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers Wallow Insurance Studio. We've got Kane Agley around Aggieland about to happen. What's up, Kay? How? Howdy. What? What was that? How? My How? brain did not finish my sentence. How? How are you? Jason Howell, great analyst, Howell. does amazing work. Uh, Around Agland is presented by Norman G. State Bank. Norman G. State Bank, rock solid banking. Website, normangstatebank.com. Do you like the music next door at the concert we're getting? Yeah, it's a little distracting, I may say. It only it's is during the, the breaks, bass. right? Yeah, because like, we have our ears in and whatnot. Like, I would say, but yeah, it, the, the beat is heavy. A little disrespectful. Yeah, just a little, a little disrespectful. Bit. Like, you know what? Nobody else is working today. That's all right. It's fine. It's they can't fine. hear it on the radio. They, they don't care that we're complaining. It's whatever. Anyway, uh, what's going on in around Aguilar? Yeah, so quite a bunch. I'm sure everyone has noticed traffic has ramped up around College Station. So students are officially back as we start school on the 21st. Um, I noticed it Friday afternoon. That's when I noticed okay. it. I didn't feel it before. I get here early. So yeah. Friday afternoon on my way home, I'm like, whoa, whoa, this usually goes way faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed it this morning coming here too as well. Yeah. I was like, man, there's a lot more cars on the road than we're used to seeing in the summer. But um, with that being said, football is just 19 days away. I know we're all super excited. Also wanted to get into some uh, Aggies that are in the NFL preseason and what yeah. they're doing. So Antonio Johnson making his rookie debut, uh, led the Jags in tackles with eight tackles, and he had five solo. Uh, Isaiah Spiller had five carries for 27 yards and two receptions for 11 yards. He also had a 71-yard touchdown called back, uh, which that obviously could have gone in his favor, but seems like he's been killing it over there. Devon Achain had 104 yards total on 15 touches, and then 41 receiving yards, 25 rushing yards, and a 38-yard kick return. So that's awesome. Love that. Kellen Mond, QB, went for 7 for 12 with 79 yards, and what one touchdown also had three rushes for 16 yards. Jay Sternberger, back in the NFL, he had one reception for 17 yards. Uh, Buddy Johnson had two tackles for the Bears, and then Christian Kirk had two receptions for 12 yards and one touchdown. So, I mean, talk about the list of names. They're killing it. They are killing it. We are going to have actual... a report from Luke Evangelist tomorrow on that uh, little deeper dive into some of those numbers. So that is excellent stuff there, Kay. What else do we have? We had some recruiting news over the weekend. Papa! So, heck yeah. So a has added another feature. Maroon Goon is uh, 2024 Seattle Odea offensive lineman Asindre Papa Afua. Um, has given his ber- verbal pledge to Jimbo Fisher and Steve Adazio. 
Um, with him, Adazio obviously led the recruiting efforts. He becomes Anim's fourth offensive line commitment to join the 2024 class. So great pickup. I know we're always excited when we got some recruiting news going on. Absolutely. Uh, women's basketball legend Gary Blair was enshrined into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame on Saturday night, um, a part of the historic 2023 class. Just some names that he was uh, he was up there with. Obviously, Gary Blair, um, Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parker, Greg Popovich. Uh, Dwayne Wade. I mean, talk about what a class. Talk about a list of names that you're next to, and obviously Gary Blair. And what Gary, a, what a legend, yeah. <laughs> especially at Texas A&M. I know, I know, we all love him. Um, some soccer news: four different uh, A&M had four different goal scorers as they combined for a 4-0 win over Texas State in the exhibition match on Friday night. Um, that will complete their preseason slate, and the Aggies will now turn their attention to an August 17th season opener versus Florida State. So. Getting exciting. We're Is that a six o'clock start on that one? Maybe. May have to double check on no that. Worries, no worries. No um, worries. And then volleyball getting kicked off as well this week. The Jamie Morrison era will begin on Wednesday with the maroon and white scrimmage at 6.30 p.m. at Reed Arena. I know a lot of people are excited to see what Mr. Jamie Morrison has has cooking up over there. Should be should be a good year. Awesome stuff, Kay. Thank you very much. Of course. Kay Nagley there with Around Agland, presented by Normandy State Bank. We'll come back. Um, Nick's going to kind of update us on some changes we're doing on the YouTube side of things. Also, I'm going to ask you guys, and, and Kay, think about this, and Nick, think about this question. And I want the, the texters to think about it, 979-693-1150. Is there a team – I don't know why. Do you see how I did this with my hands? Is there a team – I'm like, is there a team that in 2022 had a similar narrative to Texas A&M? Because that team might be who CBS is predicting for A&M to play in a bowl game. Now, I'll preface it with this. They didn't have the exact – I mean, nobody's going to have the exact kind of scenario. But there was a lot of similarities between the two teams. And we'll talk about that. So who is that team in your eyes? And don't go Google. Like, don't cheat. Yeah, who the ball? Like, don't don't do that. Uh, we'll, we'll and Nick's cheating right now. I can see it happening. All right, let's talk about uh, Heritage Films right now. Chance McLean's uh, McLean's company, good buddy of mine. I've told you that for a long time. He's just a dear friend, and I will. This has kind of been my standard practice. I try not to do any business with friends because I think it always ends up like not working out. Like you don't buy a car from a buddy. Like you can, but like it can open up a lot of can of worms that I don't want to open up. It's different with Chance McLean and what he does there with uh, what can I just say Chance with Chance in Heritage Films, right? Uh, because he's he's doing a service for people, right? This is not a business; it's a service uh, with these documentary films about families, about family ranches, about uh, family businesses, about just your uncle, your grandfather, your dad, the patriarch of the family, your mom. Like, who is there's there's people in your family that that story needs to be captured and told and you don't want a, a day to pass where that story isn't really captured if they're not writing it down and telling their life story and really having that family tree all together organized with those thoughts you don't want it to go away because you're not promised tomorrow right we were fortunate to do one on my father for heritage films a two-hour documentary that was awesome we also did a year flicks on my daughter on elise which is these benchmark videos that tell her story in a real easy kid-friendly q a style with the green screen in the background and these awesome questions they're just both options are phenomenal for any family out there listening to this show and aggies are his number one client now because the aggies love their story right other places they like their story aggies we care about our story much much more the website is yourheritagefilm.com, yourheritagefilm.com, 
feel like I've been to your house before, Tom. <laughs> Texax Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers, Rollo Insurance Studio. Let's go straight to the hotline. Tom Hart. Tom last week had us in his studio, his home studio. I love your backyard. It's you got a nice house, man. You want the full tour? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I've gone with you to a drive-through. I forget where you were at a drive-through, but I've done that with you. Let's oh, that, yeah, they could have been the um, coffee, maybe. The, it could have been the Popeyes outside of Fort Worth that didn't have any paper products. Yeah, I was like, hey, can I get some extra napkins? And the guy's like, extra napkins? You don't have any napkins. I'm like, really? You don't have any paper towels? He's like, man, we don't have any paper products in this entire store. Wow. So, yeah. How was your week? It was all worth it. That, that chicken sandwich is pretty good. I love a Popeye's chicken sandwich. It's been a minute, but I, I, people are in the back like, you haven't had one. Yes, I have had a Popeye's chicken sandwich. <laughs> Even the thought of it makes you cringe. No, I, the mayonnaise and the oh, cheese, yeah. no. fried food. There was a time I could get away with that, right? I'm just not in my 40s. I can't. Like, it just, it just, I can't pull it off anymore. You can get away with it. You just have to, you know, convince yourself that you'd rather be happy. I am very happy. As as my good friend Jocko Willick says, discipline equals freedom, all right? There you go. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. I'm the most undisciplined person you know. No, I doubt that, man. So a um, couple things, man. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on in college football right now. But I want to ask you about this Jim Harbaugh situation. I know it's not SEC-related, but it's just another example of the, the NCAA just, you know, the powers over here is really not there. Okay. Well, I had a, I had a baseball game this weekend, so I was in Philly. So I was kind of in MLB mode and not at all in college football mode. And I saw the headline, but I didn't read the story. The committee on infractions basically came out and said, you guys don't have the jurisdiction to negotiate with him. Correct. Essentially. Yep. Yep. And now he's going to coach all year. Well, Here's the here's the problem the NCAA has gotten itself into, and I equate the Harbaugh situation to what's going on with the heavy-handed approach to second-time transfers and their eligibility. We've seen it, um, a North Carolina wide receiver. We've seen it, uh, I think it's a D-lineman D at Florida State. The NCAA doesn't have um, it doesn't have much grace. Like the people who are critical of them don't have much grace. So even when they rule things in a proper manner, but seemingly heavy-handed, everyone goes, oh, the NCAA is terrible. You know, um, I don't know what's right and wrong with, with Harbaugh. I don't, I haven't read the entire investigation. It, it seems to me, from what I understand, is he broke a very minor rule, um, but then he chose to lie about it multiple times. And you can't have an enforcement committee that, can put up with coaches just lying to them when they're trying to investigate them. So there, there needs to be, if there's no punishment to your rules, if there's no enforcement, then you don't have any rules. Th then your entire society is chaos. So, uh, but the problem with the NCAA is because they've been so heavy handed and ham handed in the past that they don't get the benefit of the doubt, even if this might be the right scenario, telling those kids they have to sit out a year at North Carolina, Florida state might be the right way to do it. But we don't give them the benefit of the doubt because of all the missteps they've had in the past. Talking to Tom Hart here on Texags Radio. Do you see a world? And it feels like a movie trailer there. Do you see? Do you in see a, in a world? In a world where there's. A, do you see a group of five 
playoff and a Power Four playoff, like two different types of playoffs in college football? I got one. No, uh, maybe eventually. Sorry, you probably thought I was frozen. Maybe eventually. Um, When we talk through these scenarios and hypotheticals, I I try to find a parallel. And to me, the parallel is, and, and what would happen first, most likely, would be the basketball split. And that the power four says, why are we giving spots to Nichols? And why are we giving spots to, you know, uh, Maryland Eastern Shore? People watch us. The money should come to us. And so we're going to consolidate. We're going to have our own NCAA basketball tournament for the power four. The problem with that. Um, and, and maybe this doesn't apply apples to apples with, with football, but the problem with that is, well, then you need your own system. Like, once again, everyone hates rules. You hate rules until you want them enforced on somebody else. And you go, well, hold on a second. We, we can't run this way. You know, we can't have chaos. So the work that it would take to get a brand new NCAA basketball tournament up and running is mammoth. Um, I would think the work it would take to do a split on the football side, even though the NCAA doesn't run college football postseason, uh, I think that's I think that's more trouble than it's worth right now. David, what what will likely happen is it will kind of be funneled into a Power Four only because the scheduling is going to get to a point in in major sports, not just football but also basketball, where the little guy isn't going to be able to get get these games on the schedule. They got no chance, and so they're just going to probably what's going to happen is they'll just kind of be weeded out um, because they'll be, they'll get pushed out. There won't be any space. All right. So to follow up with that, it feels like the PAC 12 won't make it obviously with the <laughs> lack of teams that they have, unless they, you know, have some Hail Mary that I don't know about the ACC has the grind and right deal. So it looks like they can survive this, but can they, if, if there's this, these lawyers looking at every little, hurdle that they can get out of or, or what a little loophole they can try to put in there. So are we going to get a group of three at some point, or do you think the ACC can survive this? Well, I think the ACC has two things going for it right now. Uh, number one is is the timetable of Florida State and the Board of Trustees meetings a week and a half ago kept pointing to August 15th to when they were going to depart by so they could be free next year. That's tomorrow. So unless uh, unless Greg Sankey's sitting there ready to push the nuclear button on the ACC, I don't see that happening. I, I also don't see – look what happened with Oregon and Washington when um, they backed their way into the Big Ten. They came at a reduced rate. Um, Florida State let, – let's, let's say Florida State did beg the way into the SEC, and it happened by tomorrow. I don't get think they're getting a full share. So – what's really the value because that grant of rights looks pretty strong for the ACC. Um, And on top of that, if Notre Dame is ever going to join any conference contractually, it's going to be the ACC. They join any conference for football. Um, That is maybe the only ACE the ACC has up their sleeve is the promise of, of adding Notre Dame. And, and if, and when you do that, well then all of a sudden your, your number guarantees and your TV money goes through the roof. Tom, talking to Tom Hart here on Texas Radio. Tom, let's talk Florida. Do you buy Graham Mertz at all as the guy? He, he played at Wisconsin. He's been named the starter there at Florida. I got a lot of questions about Florida. Do you buy him? I was talking with some folks uh, down in Gainesville the other day, and I said, just kind of give me the lay of the land. And 
what they keep coming back to is regardless of who's at quarterback, this is not an SEC roster. It's not at the point where, um, and granted, they're, they're used to having elite NFL-laden rosters at Florida. Um, I think they need somebody who's going to be steady. I think they need somebody who's not going to make mistakes and turn the ball over. Uh, the Anthony Richardson experience uh, last year, the last year and a half, is it, it doesn't seem like it's the most stable way to go about it when there's a lot of other question marks from a personnel standpoint. So um, uh, I don't know that Graham Mertz is going to set the world on fire, but I think he's probably just what Florida needs right now. That's a good point. I I still struggle thinking of Anthony Richardson as a good pro. I don't, I don't know where you are on him, but like I didn't see enough in college to make me think, oh, yeah, that game's going to translate. No, I, I agree with you. Um, he's big. He's strong. He's uber-athletic. He's got uh, incredible promise. Think of it this way, David, because you follow the NBA. If this were the NBA, nobody would bat an eye. They'd say, well, yes, you, you go get the best athlete that's projectable, and it can turn into and coach their way into um, not just a great player, but all-star caliber. Like, you shoot for the moon. Um, and you hit on a couple and you miss on most. Um, I think what's bothersome for me, and I don't know if you feel the same way, is I get a little tired when we get around draft day and players like him are being broken down only on what they've done in T-shirt and shorts. When those of us who have watched them have seen the inconsistency and said to ourselves, man, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on that one. You know, that that is a that is a risky proposition going forward. Um, but. It's not our money, right? I mean, but I, I'm with you. I just, I just don't see that he's going to be consistent enough. Better, more consistent quarterbacks um, with bigger numbers have washed out of the league really quickly. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, I'm doubtful, like you are. Well, and Tom, to follow that up, like, how risky is a quarterback anyway? Like, how many work out that are like have, have all the tools and actually had a good like? It doesn't work that way. Like. There would be a lot more franchise quarterbacks if that were the case, but that's why teams continue to multiply pick quarterbacks over the years. Well, what they've learned is it's a it's a value pick, right? Like just like the value of the running back has gone down, no reason to use uh, a high pick and a lot of money. You're going to churn through those guys, and generally going to be back out on the street. Uh, it's worth it to take a risk on a. I mean, who's the best player in the game that transcends his entire team? Is won Super Bowls, Patrick Mahomes. There's a lot of inconsistencies in his game coming out of college, a lot. Um, and there was the question of whether or not he was just a system quarterback. Um, I, th I think that the caveat to what you're going to do in the opportunity for a guy like Anthony Richardson to be successful is if you if you hit it on all strides, yeah, he's got the athleticism to be a superstar. And I think that's what that's where the gamble is. Um Personally, I'd rather have Bryce Young, and, and he's QB1, and we'll see how he does. Tom, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, David. Have a great day, bud. Thanks. You too. Tom Hart there on the hotline. SEC Network, ESPN, always bringing it. All right, let's hit a break here. We'll come back with more. Right now, we're talking about the Association of Former Students. Brandon Leone was like, I'm going to Miami early. So am I. If you guys want to go out there, you know where to do it, right? Uh, Miami's going to be a fun weekend, but the Association of Former Students has got some amazing things going on planned for that weekend. Uh, if you want to be at a South Beach hotel with a group of other Aggies while receiving special access to a tailgate and more, look no further than the Traveling Aggies Miami Football Weekend, September 8th through the 10th. Join Aggies in Miami to watch the uh, Aggie football team beat the hell out of the Miami Hurricanes 
A three-day, two-night weekend package includes hotel accommodations at the Hyatt-centric South Beach, Miami, just steps from a variety of restaurants and bars and entertainment, an evening welcome event event and tour, access to the official Traveling Aggies pregame tailgate, and round-trip transportation to the game, and much, much more. The Association of Former Students Traveling Aggies program hosts over 70 trips a year, including cruises, safaris, tours, trains by a wide variety, and other affordable options. To learn more about the Miami Football Weekend, visit tx.ag slash Miami Trip 23. Learn more about all the trips hosted by the Traveling Aggies. Visit tx.ag slash Traveling Aggies. All right, we're back. Tech Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers, Rollo Insurance Studio. Uh, in the 10 o'clock hour, Billy will be with us. We have a lot to get into with Mr. Lucci, so uh, looking forward to that conversation. All right, I wanted to do this earlier, but then we flip-flopped. We were able to get Tom Hart a little bit earlier. So I asked everybody. I was like, and you know, the, the, I will tell you, one of the responses I got was definitely not on, on point. That being said, all right, I asked you guys to find, like, who's an equivalent in college football that is, you know, equivalent to Texas A&M last season. And again, not necessarily a top 10 team that finishes 5 and 7, but maybe some of the offensive issues and maybe the defense not being out there. And the reason I asked that question, Kate, did you ever get a a comparison? I uh, couldn't think of one just off the top of my head. It's all right. Head. It's all right. I was thinking of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Okay. Because their offense was atrocious. Yeah. Last year they averaged 18.7 points a game. Right? Their defense is typically better than it was last year. Um, very similar story. They didn't have a quarterback situation that w- was very good last year. The reason I bring them up is that's who Jerry Palm of CBS Sports has A&M playing in uh, a bowl game. He has them playing the ReliaQuest Bowl game there at Raymond James Stadium, which uh, last year was the Mississippi State game. But that all being said, they have Cade McNamara as their quarterback, and he did pretty good for Michigan last year. Obviously, not J.J. McCarthy good, but... Good enough that uh, folks in Iowa are super excited about what he can do there. Um, he is going to be their guy. They've returned five starters on the offensive line. I feel like a similar story. Iowa expected to be a better team last year. Maybe not the trajectory that AM had, but a team that should have been better. And if they have the kind of year that they're expecting, and AM has at least the nine-win season that we hope that they can get to, the chance that they play there, uh, according to Jerry Palm. So... I uh, just wanted to use those um, comparisons there. When we come back on Texax Radio, Billy Lucci. Next, and much, much more, Texax Radio. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.